Welcome to the Greyhawk Adventurers Guild. I would like to register as an adventurer. Class? Fighter. Alignment? Chaotic neutral. Oh. Chaotic asshole. What? No, no. Chaotic neutral. Were you an asshole today? Well, I did kick a puppy on the way here, <laughs> but I also gave an urchin a gold piece. Were you an asshole yesterday? Well, about that. I told them we didn't want to go into the lair, but we went anyway. Once the dragon showed up, things looked grim, no chance of survival. So I grabbed that scepter and beat feet. Too bad about the rest of the group, but every man for themselves, like they say, right? <laughs> Kid, I want you to go sit down on that bench that says Group W. Now, kid! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly, And I'm Greg Ziegler. And today's episode is going to be about a topic that's somewhat kind of hard to explain. And, uh, well, in a sense, it's something that we all use in D&D, but at the same time, do we really use it? And that is the topic of alignment. Eric, I think this is one of the subjects that you kind of wanted to uh, talk about. We all wanted to talk about it, but I think this is going to be one that you're going to run this session yeah. on, right? Yeah. He's mentioned it a couple of times. Mentioned yeah. it a couple. And, and it's not just alignment, because we're also going to touch upon player agency and railroading, because yes. I think all these things are interconnected. Yes, we all love trains and, and cabooses and stuff like that, right? I, I've always been a caboose man. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really need to know that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but first, yeah. So before we talk Fading about of the highest order. fetishes, <laughs> um, I really, uh, I want to take a, a non-superficial look at alignment. I mean, a lot of stuff that you read online, it skims over the real deep details. And being grognards, we love those those details. So what I really want to cover is to start with, what is alignment? Did we need it? Yeah, that's a good and question. do we still yeah. need it, right? That's because, even a better question. Yeah. So, and this comes up because I don't know, you guys spend a lot of time on the internet, right? On the internets. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah. And this is this amazes me that, you know, we're grognards, right? We've been around forever. So we're used to like alignment, but you see those memes how the yes. hell do these? How the hell do these twenty-year-olds know what alignment is? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I know they've never used it. It does speak well to the reach of D and D that there's a sort of universal concept that is alignment because not every one of those people putting together memes has played D and D. Right, and that's that's a very good point. Um, so many people know what alignment is. They know what lawful good is. They know what all that type of stuff is, and they've probably never really played a game of D and D. Yeah, and they categorize all their favorite characters, which we do as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has kind of uh, soaked at least a little bit into the uh, you know fabric of it's social part of our vernacular now. Yeah. I yeah, think. but do those Gamer people really like. know what they're talking about? Or do they just say lawful good? I know what lawful good is. That's someone who's lawful and good. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to learn them something. Yeah. Okay. We're going to learn them something right you know, now. Well, not right now yet. <laughs> and and I see a lot of Facebook posts of like on the Facebook D&D 5th edition group. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of newer people, right? People just coming into the game. And they got tons of questions about alignments. And they, they almost take it too far. For, for where we are currently with alignment, which we'll talk about. But before we do that, let's uh, do our Games People Play. It's been a while since we've recorded because we had the holidays uh, stuck in there. And let's find out what everybody's been doing. far longer than I think we know it's been. It's been almost three weeks since we last recorded. 
<laughs> All right, so Greg, what did you do? I know you got a new game for Christmas. Um, did you play it? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of little games for Christmas. Uh, I did get the um, Oregon Trail card game. Mm-hmm. Um, did not really. I'd seen it in Target. My wife had said, I said, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, and uh, so she picked it up for me for Christmas. Uh, and then I looked at a couple of reviews online. It is not a very well-reviewed game. Um, it's not the greatest card game ever. It, it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be more fun. We only played with, uh, I think we played with four people. It would be more fun with five or six. It would be more fun with the introduction of a lot more alcohol. Um, than I, <laughs> they, they also have the electronic organ. Yeah, I was, I was actually, that's the one I actually really wanted, but it was more than the card game, so I got the card game. Um, I was like, There's Ooh. also a so, board game version of it, I believe. Oh, I had not seen that one. Yeah, and I that's had you some know. good reviews. So you yeah. can die of dysentery in a variety yeah. of ways. Well, in the card mm-hmm. game, you can. there's all kinds of great diseases you can die. You can, you can yeah, get all kinds of I'm great stuff. I'm a traditionalist. Stuff. But... Um, it's uh you know it was kind of fun. I I Oregon Trail was not something I played with uh played, you know, when it was a thing. You know, I wasn't on the computer very much back then. I was aware of it and I certainly have become more aware of it since then, but uh but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to give it a big thumbs up, but uh it's it's something to pass the it time. It is sort of ironic that you want an electronic version of an electronic game. It, it is a little weird. Well, it's you consider it more <laughs> of a meta concept level. A portable version of a vintage okay. electronic okay. game. Um and yeah, I know. Hard to believe, but we did start playing my uh, Star Wars game finally. I was so happy for you when <clears throat> yeah. I heard that. Well, and we had to yeah, we had to push sessions. We skipped sessions too because of the holidays. A lot was going on. Uh, I'm uh, as we record this, I'm playing again tomorrow night. So, uh good for you. Yeah, we uh uh it's 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 moving along. Uh, it should be. Uh, it should be fun. We. It was mo- first session was more of a get to know the characters and uh, you know refresh your knowledge of the game system since we hadn't played for about twenty twenty two okay. years. But so Greg's they- forgetting the most important thing he did over the holidays. He did some other gaming too. Well, what well, was it? I've totally he apparently had a house guest. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yes. I believe that the in-laws were visiting you, and yeah. uh, your father-in-law became interested. What is all this oh, D&D it. stuff you talk about all well, the time? Well, you know, to his credit, my father-in-law is an enthusiastic listener of the podcast. Um, I think, actually, when they were here in September, he came in and sat in while we recorded. Yeah, that's and, correct. And quite enjoyed that and, and managed to stay quiet the whole time, which for him is a... <laughs> Pretty. <laughs> Remember, good thing. he's going to be listening. listening. Yeah. That's right. Yes, he is. But um, yeah, he's been curious about what's going on with this for a while, and the more he listens to us, the more he's like, "Yeah, I wonder what that's up up with." So uh, while we were sitting around over break, um, we uh, we. I hauled out all my pile of rule books, and he was reading through those a little bit, and he seemed a bit interested, and and it came up, so we made him up a character. Awesome. Which took a while. Um, it always does. Several yeah. hours. But that's part uh, of the fun. Oh, wow. That's it, part it of is. the game. It I is. Mean. And a lot of it was, and it was kind of good for me, too, to run through some of the mechanical things. Helps. We, we did a fighter. It was nice that we had already done the fighter podcast on here. Uh, we went pretty basic, you know, I mean... You know, we didn't do anything crazy. We did a human fighter. Um, and uh, the de- next day he was like, well, you know, that was that was interesting. I liked all that. But uh, what do you do with it? How does <laughs> yeah. it work? I He's mean, I, I, here's made up all these numbers. Yeah. Greg actually ran a game. I did. run, And, and, and I, it's an exaggeration to call it a game. We ran a combat encounter. Yes. Um, 
And I hauled. Uh, I figured the best thing to do was to get the one from the beginner's box set, yeah. uh, which is uh, Lost was uh, Mines Lost Minds of, of Pendelvar or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and um, found a lovely uh, free copy of that on the internet, and we we ran the uh, Goblin Ambush yep. on the road. Uh, you have access to all the D and D stuff on my D and D Beyond account, by the way. That's true, but I would have including Lost Minds. But yeah, I th- and I kind of look. I looked for it real quick, and I didn't see it either. Right, I wasn't well, logged sure. in right hmm. or. Or something, but I actually I did go into the D and D Beyond and uh, was having trouble finding it, and I actually just got frustrated really fast yeah. and figured. And, I, and Greg uh, drew out a grid because he wanted to use minis. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, he really, yeah, and he yeah. really wanted to use some minis big, and big and sheet of paper. The, and he drew out a one inch grid, which Greg's I, the only person I know that plays D and D and yet does not have a dry erase grid map. No, I have doesn't. never needed one, but, and but nice ones are expensive. Here's a pro tip: <laughs> most of our listeners might already know this, but if you ever need a D and D grid, look on the back of wrapping paper. Because most wrapping paper now has a one-inch grid printed on the Christmas back. At least Christmas wrapping paper yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which well, is horribly of, ironic because yeah. you we gift wrap Christmas. a lot. And I have an immense amount of gift wrap. Yeah. And it was like 12 feet away from where we were playing right. at the time. But uh, I had some crappy old paper and I had a ruler that just happened to be one inch wide. And so you made like a so wagon I, out of an index card. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I had some graph paper. I drew. The, I wanted it to be able to put both of the characters in. I, I needed him to see everything. And honestly, combat is so much easier when you can see it. So um, I coerced my son by saying, hey, come do this. Um, <laughs> to uh, He ran uh, one of my AL characters, and uh, I, ran, I ran one of my AL characters, which was I basically uh, left her in the background most of the time because uh, you know, Andy's character was brand new. Uh, the monk was third level, and the barbarian was sixth level. But I, I told Brad, and I says, no raging, no second attack, nothing of that stuff. He was just you know, basic attacks to keep things nice and simple. And I threw in two more goblins. Well, good for you. And, that uh, awesome. and it, went, it went pretty well. Uh, all the goblins were quickly dispatched, especially by the barbarian, which pretty much just required one attack to double or triple the amount of hit points that they would take. And uh, and all, all the characters got injured at least once, uh, a little bit. So, so seemed in, fair. In the end, what did he think? Uh, he thought it was very interesting. He thought it was cool. I, I don't think he's going to start an adventurers league at the retirement community down in Florida. But um, you know, I I That's might be able cool. to drag him in again. We we didn't. Spend Spend too much time on background, but uh, I got him to make up a name. Uh, we had picked a background, so uh, it's on its way. It's on its way. Good on him. Good on him. So, all right, it well, was fun. Eric, what about you? Anything? You know, the holidays. I didn't do as much gaming as I I wanted to. I worked most of the holidays. I didn't take much time off. So, um, but I, it's fair. You've got to do that too. Yeah, um, I played a little bit of Adventures League, of course, for my Wednesday. Wednesday game. And oh, then, and uh, we played last Sunday. I forgot we, about that. We <laughs> played last Sunday for the monthly group, which I I have not yet taken back over. My friend Mark is uh, still running the. He's trying very hard to part. He's trying really hard to finish this plot yes, lineup, and it's not just not working. It to last, we meet once a month, so this has been going on for like a year. Yeah, I think he thought it was going to last what, like three or four, yeah, maybe three five four months, sessions and, and we're into like session what, thirteen or fourteen yeah, on it. It's, yeah. it's been a while. Um, so he's ready to take, uh, you know, hand that back to me at some point. Um, we'd start my bi-weekly game uh, tonight. Uh, we take a break uh, over football season because one of the players is a football coach. Uh, so uh, we, I don't think we've actually haven't played since May. I, I looked it up. It's oh, a wow. long football it's season. It's been May. <laughs> well, we ended, well, with this because they have the, the camps and everything. Yeah, 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 because but, of... 
everything scouts in We're real life. Out. Yeah, we could not. Uh, so basically, you only play four months out of the year. Well, <laughs> I think that's going to change because I'm not sure he's coaching any longer. Um, okay. So and we'll see uh, what happens this fall. And, but, um, and my daughter's showing up tonight, too. So we'll have right. our uh, tiefling warlock back. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> um, and that's a, that's a game I think everybody has a really good time with. You know, it's clearly homebrew. It's crazy off the rails homebrew. It's someday. a little lighter. Yeah. Um, and then I actually did get a chance in true gamer fashion to play test the module I wrote for the convention that's essentially already been accepted. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, oh, my son and his friends were home from college and uh, they wanted to play some D&D. So I said, you know what? Let's play that module because I'm going to run it in April. I wanted to get another run of the full module under my belt just as a DM so I could sort of hone some of the encounters, um, you know, work on the NPC, the characteristics and stuff like that. Um, I did find a couple typos, not not major, but we had made some changes. So um, that was good. Uh, so I got got that done, and I've been playing uh, computer games, like, you know, squeezing in Kerbal Space Program. I love that game. And mm-hmm. uh, Grand Theft Auto was on the Steam Summer Sale, Grand Theft yep. Auto Five. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I am officially, like, a, a, like, one of those people that looks at the game and says, I can't believe they did that. That game is over the top in terms of, like, adult content. Is it really? Uh, I mean, they're, like, they swear at you as you drive by them. Like in the original Grand Theft Auto, like the prostitutes used to get in the car and the car would shake and then the prostitute would get out of the car and you'd lose like, I don't know, $50 or something. In this one, it's like practically a porno, okay? <laughs> like they show the prostitute. She's like talking dirty during the act. Like they don't show any naughty bits unless you go into a strip club, in which case they do show naughty bits and you can pay for a lap dance. I mean, it's like crazy adult content. If I was a parent who, you know, I'm used to adult content like in, you know, one of those fighting games, you you rip the spine out of your opponent and there's blood and gore on the screen. This is like a whole nother level. If I had like a teenager and I got this game and I overheard it, I would be like, what the hell is that? Now uh, I know why my son and his friends have been up so late the last <laughs> month yeah. playing this game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, However, he's 18. Yeah, he's he an adult. He he's enough of an adult. But <laughs> yeah. like I, I had no idea and I, I'm I'm tied into this stuff. You know, I, I play video games and I I knew it there was a, it came back and this was released mm-hmm. in 2013. Right. Yeah. Um but they have an online thing that's that's getting updated and that's sort of fun. Well, this, to play. Oh, I didn't realize this this release was from that long ago, really. Yeah, the yes. Grand Theft Auto 5 it's been a while the original while. was wow. 2013. Yeah. Um and it was big controversy then and I didn't pay much attention to it cuz I wasn't playing those games. But then. now you can get it cheap. Yeah, 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Apparently 50 bucks for 5 minutes. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it costs you more in game to uh, to get certain uh, rewards than it does outside of the game. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. Okay. What about you? Well, I did make the most of my break, and I played a lot of games. Well, you have a laundry list there, don't I, you? I actually do have a little <laughs> bit of a list here. First off, I did make a resolution for New Year's to play 100 games. Yeah, I saw that before the end of the year, which is very. Uh, I or think, the end of the month, Jesus. Christ. Well, no, some of these <laughs> happened before the end. And of I the matched year. Okay. it by uh, yeah. pledging to play 100 sessions of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Well, as of tonight, if we get the game in, I will be up to nine games. And I'm only, what, nine days into the year? And I'm up to two, I think. <laughs> well, anyway. I'm um, up to two tonight. So. Oh. <laughs> three. No, two. You've got time. You've got time, guys. You've got <laughs> no, time. I'm at three because I, I didn't play Adventures League last night, but I did play the week before. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of gaming uh, right directly after the break and a little bit before the break. And then 
certainly after the New Year's. We held our Euchre Night at the Tavern in my hometown, and it went over like gangbusters. We had five games going on and one training table. We used to play that a lot in the Army. Yeah. It's a Midwest game. Used to play that a lot here at Parkland College, too. Yeah, yeah, I remember. (laughs) I finally got to pull out a game that I got back in 2015. It's called The Great War, which is basically World War I version of Memoir 44 game. Oh, that's cool. But it plays very differently. It's a little fiddly. And it's definitely a get-on-the-attack type of game. There is no sit back and wait for them to do something. I'll have to show you up at GaryCon. I'll bring along. I got the little box set of this French game that's very... Uh, it's a World War One. I. I forget <laughs> the name. It's some weird name. Yeah, we, we played that a game weekend. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's you would like it. It's a okay. very, it, it's a cool rule mechanic. Okay, cool, cool. I, I look and forward we'll to it. talk about it. Um, but yeah, I've had that game for a very long time, and I've just never had a chance to break it out, and so I broke it out, and we had a good time. I also played parts... Three and four of the MacGyver Escape game, which <laughs> sounds hokey as hell, but oh my gosh, is it fun? Uh, you literally you lost me there. I just started thinking about what I was going to have for dinner. <laughs> when she said MacGyver Escape game, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of fun. You have to work together as a team, and you have to solve clues as you go along. And Does you everyone have to-, have to have a Swiss Army knife. No, but they do give you a uh, a mirror and a, a paperclip. Okay, so. And a little plastic, or not plastic, but a little paper satchel to carry it around in. And each one relates to the next. Next, I'll have a Karate Kid fighting game, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Kai. Uh, got to play Ticket to Ride, which is one of my favorite games yeah. to play. I like that game a lot. And I went real old school. I broke out my... Bar- Candyland? Nope, nope, <laughs> not that old school. I broke out my 1981... Barbarian Prince game. It's a solo game <laughs> that has charts and charts upon charts and, you know, <laughs> reference to this to reference. To, it's almost like a choose your own adventure I think sort of Dean game. was lonely over <laughs> <laughs> No, I no discovered it. I was me. like, I want to try this. And it was great. And it's very hard to win. And I got lucky because I begged an audience of the Baron of a certain castle and I rolled really well and he became my ally and supported my cause. And that was a win. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. You know, my son and his friends, they play, um, uh, what's that online game? Uh, Crusader Kings 2. Oh. And mm-hmm. They come home for break and they, we, they bring all their computers over and, you know, <laughs> a bunch of, you know, 19, 20 year old boys. And you walk through the game room and all you hear is, quit sleeping with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which that game is very detailed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> But Man. it makes me remember. Well, and not to belabor anything else, um, also got to play Code Names, the undercover version. We did an escape room, an actual escape room, mm-hmm. and ah, cool. beat it with 12 minutes still on the clock, nice. which was the best for the year so far. But then again, the year is only nine days old. That's true. Yeah, we um, did one a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and then I picked up early. Um, a 1982 version of Thieves World, which is oh, based yeah, on the post. Robert Lynn Aspirin's book series. I love that series. Back. It is, really. And I'm rereading it now, too, because of that game. The Sanctuary and the Sanctuary, Maze. yes. And the Vulgar Unicorn. Yep, the Vulgar Unicorn. <laughs> yeah. So that I did a lot of gaming, and I am planning on doing more, especially now that I have a resolution to do it. But I did not play a single D&D game, but I did prep for one that we're going to be doing later this month. Okay. So, all right. That is our, well, I wouldn't call it a little segment. That is our segment, Games People Play. play 
Okay, let's jump right into alignment then. So that sounds good. For, for you know, in case any of our listeners don't know, I would assume they all know. But you know, you have these alignments. There's two axes, well, three sort of axes. There's lawful or chaotic. There's good and evil, and then there's neutral. And when you combine those, you end up with uh, nine possible alignments, right? From lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, neutral good, ne- true neutral, neutral evil, lawful good, or chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. And each of them have characteristics associated with them. Um, and what I want to do to start, just because I don't think people understand why we even have alignment. Like, when you think about it, it's sort of random that we just tack this onto the game, right? We could just as easily say, hey, everybody needs to pick a gender assignment, to put it in modern day parlance, okay, right? Yeah. So so every mm-hmm. character needs to have a gender assignment, and then you have to actually role play that gender assignment. And if you don't role play that gender assignment, things are going to happen that are generally bad, right? I mean, it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's this weird concept. Like, why did we even, well, not we, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's. The makers. The makers. The creators mm-hmm. of the game. I think they wanted, if you were going to play a particular character, as you said, play it in that manner. And I, I'm not sure where it came from, where the nucleus came from. I mean, was it that somebody had a evil character but was doing something good or had a good character and was doing something because it all came from wargaming and alignment in wargaming. There is none. I mean, if you're the Germans versus the Americans in World War II, you're both on the side of the good guy side in your mind, right? Right. I mean, there is no alignment in wargaming. And so at some point it became something that had to be part of the game. But do we know where that came from? It's tricky to explain. As part of our research, I, you know, through the internets, through the Google, um, I stumbled upon this article written by Gygax himself in 1976. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, the ODD, original Dungeons & Dragons, the uh, Woodgrain box set, that was 1974, and AD&D was 77, 78, 79. So this is right before AD&D comes out. So it's still pretty, pretty fresh at the beginning of the uh the game. So I'm going to read the first paragraph and I want to read the last paragraph. Okay. So this was written February 76, early 76. Many questions continue to arise regarding what constitutes a lawful act, what sort of behavior is chaotic, what constituted an evil deed, and how certain behavior is good. There is considerable confusion in that most dungeon masters construe the terms chaotic and lawful to mean the same thing, just as they define lawful and good to mean the same. This is scarcely surprising considering the wording of the three original volumes of Dungeons & Dragons. When that was written, they meant just about the same thing in my mind. So Gygax himself is saying he didn't make a lot of distinction between lawful and good and chaotic and evil. He 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 needed a game mechanic. Yeah. Um, Notice that I did not say they were synonymous in my thinking at the time. The wording in the Greyhawk supplement added a bit more confusion, for by the time the booklet was written, uh, some substantial differences had been determined. In fact, had I had the opportunity to do D&D over, I would have made the whole business very much clearer by graduating the four categories, and many chaotic creatures would be good, while many lawful creatures would be evil. And it goes on to, to some other details. But essentially, he's telling us, okay, when he started, he just wanted a way to differentiate the good guys from bad guys. Right. Right. So 
he was like, eh, a creature could be lawful, it could be chaotic, it could be good, it could be evil. They sort of treated but, chaotic and evil as the same, and lawful and good were the same. But he never, as he said in there, he said that he did not... They were they were not synonymous. Yeah, so they were in his it thinking was different at the time. Reasons. So chaotic was not evil. Yeah, and that's and then he goes on to list in the same article that the way he thought about it was different alignments had certain traits associated with them. Yes, which right? I think is really helpful because he uses words and descriptions that most people I don't think think about in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, let's just sure. give a couple of things. So uh, lawful law is, you know, the, the terms associated with that reliability, prosperity, propriety, propriety, principled. Okay. We've yeah. got righteous regularity, regulation, yeah. methodical. Conversely, chaos. Go ahead. Read some of those. Unruly, confusion, turmoil, unrestrained, disordered. We have things... A lot of unwords. Yes, unwords. Anarchy, unpredictable. Those are not desirable. Evil. They're not desirable, but, but they're, they're not, not evil. evil. Correct. Right. And, but they're generally something that most heroes would be against. Right. Right. But now in today's faulty and flawed heroes, many of them are kind of unruly or yeah. unpredictable. Plus, we're Americans, and we, we value individualism, which mm-hmm. is sort of a chaotic trait. That is definitely chaotic. Um, yeah. So, so you have that dimension, and then the other dimension, read off some of the good trait. Okay, some of the words from the good list happen to be harmless, friendly, kind, honest, sincere, helpful, beneficial, and pure. Conversely, evil has words such as unfit, mischievous, Unpleasant, dishonest, bad, injurious, wicked, and corrupt. They certainly get a lot worse as you go down yeah. the list. The good yeah. list reminds me of the Boy Scout. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it is sort of the Boy Yeah, Trustworthy, friendly, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind of being brave, yeah. thirsty, brave, clean, whatever. But you can be good and unfit. You could be. Um, so, but those are just, you know, general characteristics. And then in this article, 1976, he goes, okay, well, wait a minute. We're going to expand our concept of alignment, and we're actually going to have five alignments. So we're getting, we're halfway to where we end up today, but he's going to, we're going to have lawful good, lawful evil, chaotic good, chaotic evil, and neutral. And then he plops all these monsters onto this alignment chart. And the important thing about that is to know there's varying degrees of where somebody lies in here. It's not, you know, all lawful neutrals are not, or all lawful goods are not the same. Right. Some are more lawful good than others. Um, and, you know, so that's that's sort of his thinking. Now, how all this ties into characters is sort of summed up in the last paragraph. Um, this brings us to the subject of those characters' roles, which are not subject to as much latitude of action as the others. The neutral alignment is a self-explanatory, and the area of true neutrality is turn the page shown on illustration one. So, yeah, so um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Note that paladins, patriarchs, and evil high priests, however, have positive boundaries. The area in which a paladin may move without loss of his status is shown in illustration two. So basically what he's saying, and I think Greg had mentioned this, there are certain classes that are restricted by their alignment. So essentially it was to force people to play a certain way. If you're a paladin, you have to play lawful good. If you're a 
priest or a cleric to a good god, you have to play good. If you're evil, you have to play evil. That's, I don't know if that's relevant anymore. I honestly, how many people do you know of that currently play an evil-aligned character? Um, Again, I don't know any, but that's, well, as we've brought up before, that's a tricky thing to do in the realm of a campaign because that evil is supposed to inform your decision making. And when the group is trying to decide whether to go help somebody, which as heroes they're supposed to do, the evil person is less inclined to go along with the rest of the group. And after a while, that character tends to be on the outs with the rest of the group. Yeah. And it makes for a very difficult gameplay. We talked about that in um, our earlier podcast, um, Too Taboo for Tabletop. I won't run evil characters because, uh, you know, in my mind, evil characters are evil. And if you're actually role playing the evil mm-hmm. character. And that's the tricky part right there is are you playing it like you're supposed to? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to DM a character who's like, you know what? I'm going to rape and murder the family. <laughs> OK, I'm not running that character. OK, yeah, after, after two or three runs, if you've got a good character on there, they're going to run the evil character through while he's doing his business. Now, there are neutral characters that straddle the line. They mm-hmm. some evil acts, some good acts. They don't really differentiate between the two. Um, and that can be an interesting role play challenge. But a pure evil character, I, I don't have. Personally, I don't want to run. I had one very early on in my gaming career, and it became so hard to play. And as Greg said, it kind of put me on the outs with some of the other party members and in general with the DM. The DM was always frustrated or pissed off at me. And then conversely, when it happened to me, I looked for ways to, if not eliminate the evil character, ways to basically kind of rein him in. Which brings us to the next thing. Alignment restricts player agency. Right. Player agency oh, is yeah. the player oh, yeah. has the ability to Absolutely. do whatever they want within the game. Alignment inherently says, and in old D&D, as DMs, we used to actually do this. You can't do that. Yes, absolutely. I Your can... character would not do that. Yeah. Yes. And I do not remember the last time somebody said you can't do that. It doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's I said it many times early on in first edition D&D when I was playing it. No, your character can't do that. He wouldn't do that. You, you know, your alignment won't allow that. But now, I don't even think I ask what their alignments are. Yeah, so we'll get to that in a second. Okay, but, yes. But, I mean, remember in old school D&D when somebody would make a paladin and everybody else in the group would be like, shit. <laughs> yes. Now oh, we're God. never going to be able to run away from a fight. We can't have any fun. It's yeah. never going to retreat. And I think no that was... Stealing. Yeah, and we have to follow every mission lead, every adventure lead right. that involves an orphan or a sick puppy. And I think that was part of our early misunderstanding of what alignment was supposed but to be was it well or was it because role playing has developed I, good point. I think it's the latter I and think that's a good point and yes. here's a further you know question is that a bad thing is it a bad thing to restrict a character's action and force a player to play a certain role not necessarily hmm. right i think I run into this all the time in Adventures League. Yeah. People who have characters who aren't good role players. Okay. Right? 
Explain. And it's not their fault that they might be new to the game, right? Well, just and, and some people just aren't great at taking on another character. It's an acting thing. It's a skill. It is. It's it's like doing improv. Yeah. And right? some people and are uncomfortable become, just talking in general, let alone in yeah, a group of strangers. And at GameholeCon, I actually took that that little improv seminar. We talked about that. It's being recognized that role-playing is not just playing a game. It's actually doing a bit of acting, a bit of improv, oh, yeah. a bit of storytelling. I mean, there's a lot of components to it. And early on, I don't think that that role-play component was very strong. They came from a wargaming background, mm-hmm. right? Um, in addition, not everything was balanced early on. The character classes especially varied greatly. So I think part of the reason was, well, we're gonna, you're going to be a paladin. You're going to have all these extra abilities over a fighter, which they do, right? In AD&D, paladins have a lot more stuff than a fighter. Fighters do have some other advantages. But I think overall, if, you, if all things being equal, paladins are probably the stronger class. But to balance that, because they were aware of some sort of game balance, we're going to put restrictions on what you can do. You have to act in a lawful good manner because that's why you get these extra abilities. And if you stray from that, you lose those extra abilities. And that was written in the rules. Mm-hmm. And to get them back, you have to do some sort of a quest that the DM just pulls out of their butt, right? Which could be fun <laughs> as a DM. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, he does go on to say in that article, and it was at the very end, few humans are chaotic and very few are chaotic and evil. He is basically kind of saying that for the most which, part. Which is ironic given the world of Greyhawk and the entire, well, they're <laughs> yes. not chaotic evil, yeah. but they're evil. You know, much of the world is evil, but mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, he was saying that most of humanity falls in the lawful category. And we are humans playing this game, and I think it's very difficult. Case in point for myself, it's very difficult to play that evil character. And I just don't think that, you know, people really enjoy playing that evil character. Yeah, I still believe that people who think they're playing evil aren't really playing evil. Right, no. right. Very true, very true. Like, so it's, It sounds cool, though. Yeah. So yeah, why do we still have it? And we almost don't. Okay, so let's look at the current state of D&D. Um, it used to be that in early D&D, okay, let's not look at the current state. Let's look at the old state so we can compare it to the current state. <laughs> There was a spell called no alignment. I could walk up to somebody, cast a spell, and know what alignment they were. Oh, you're chaotic good. Okay. Which is weird because alignment's a metagame concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Right? And all of a sudden, there's a spell that gives me the metagame concept for that. And it's not like you have a vulnerability to fire or something like that that actually has some sort of physical tie-in. Alignment has absolutely no physical tie-in. Uh, anybody could be any alignment in theory, although back then all monsters generally had the same alignment, but for player characters. You also had spells like protection from evil. Yes. Which blocked people of evil alignment from entering the circle or, you know, bad things happened if they tried. And yet ironically, they also had allowances that you could change alignment, which leads to my famous Bow in the Black story where I lost 50,000 experience points because I went from chaotic good to chaotic neutral. Yeah. Um, those things don't really mesh, right? So if someone casts a circle of protection and I go away for five minutes and I happen to change my alignment through some action I take, then that circle's not going to affect me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. So it, it never did make sense. And role-playing advanced. It got more advanced as time went on. By the time we get to 5th edition... Protection from evil and good doesn't even protect from evil and good anymore. 
it's uh it protects from creatures who tend to be evil or good like fiends mm-hmm. and, and you know that that whole class celestials yeah, um, I, I think now it definitely is something more to do with non-player characters creatures monsters things you run into than it ever would another player character yeah i think it's more of a uh, mechanic for the dm to kind of have an idea of how to play that particular foe or npc yeah 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 so i mean because it's nice to know that devils are lawful and demons are chaotic that tells you a little bit about how the nine hells are structured versus the abyss like it lets you put things in context so yes it's still handy player characters in fifth edition okay in addition to all those weird alignment spells changing, like Greg said, I don't even know what most of my characters, when I'm running the table, what their alignments are. I could try to guess based on how they act, but I don't ask. I don't really yeah. care. Instead, they went with the inspiration system. And now characters have flaws and whatever those mm-hmm. four categories are. And they're supposed to act according to those, which somehow relate to alignment. Yeah. But they're a little more concrete, right? They're essentially alignment you know, put into sentence form. And a lot more complex. And a lot more. And I'm not a fan of that system, by the way, just because it, it's one more thing on the DM's plate during an adventure that I don't think the DM needs to be concerned about is awarding inspiration when a character acts the way they're supposed to act. I, again, I don't DM a lot, but I guarantee you that 90% of DMs know nothing about what is in those four little categories on a person's character oh, sheet. It's and probably less. higher than 90, I yeah. think. I, I mean, was I've being played nice. a lot of Adventures League. Nobody's ever asked. Adventures League, well, that's another whole story right there. I'm almost positive that yeah. those um, players in my group have selected those items only because they've created them through D&D Beyond and they were there and they felt like, ooh, this is awkward having an empty space. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of selected what they thought was... Uh, best for them but even then they don't make sense together all the time yeah, yeah. i use that space for temporary equipment and uh weapon stats yeah <laughs> <laughs> but to some extent they are it is handy for people to be able to characterize their character to to say okay this is because especially for newer players you're not sure how that character is supposed to act yeah yeah that that mechanic in there that for the, the four characteristics that you know run down the five E chart. If if you aren't into making up complicated fictional characters and you you need that help, it's a, it's a really good um, you know system to funnel you into a way to make up a character. You know if you don't already have a a, a concrete preconceived notion about what you want to do, which I mean and, and I know it's it's a little off of alignment because now we're getting into character description, but but it all works in together. I mean. You know, do, when you sit down to make up a character, do you know everything about that character's background and where he came from and how he's going to relate to situations? And if you don't, your alignment and those four stats help you, you know, come up with how you might want to, you know, react in a situation. And I think that's what alignment is supposed to be about is how does your character react to the air quotes here, right or wrong of a situation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, are we are we saving this person? But it's the, going to but it's going to cost us resources, money to help this person. If we're good, we're gonna do it because it's the right thing to do. If we're not good, well the profit isn't worth it on that, so we shouldn't bother to do that. And that's that's where that comes in. And Greg, into play. this kind of relates into something that Eric had found on Reddit 
It's a humble guide them. to D and D alignments, <laughs> and they've got this little tiny kind of categorization. The good alignments they call that those with mercy, which kind of goes in yeah. what you just had here, um, and then the neutral alignments, those who justify. Okay, and then finally. The evil alignments, those without care. Yeah. And that's not a bad way to kind of think about it. And there's it. been a ton of people who have gone through alignments and given their impression, their take. Not so mm-hmm. much what we just did in terms of the origins, like why do we have it, but just interpreting it through their own lens, their own glasses, right. so to speak. And again, that is done here too. Uh, lawful good is called the savior. Neutral good is called the saint. Chaotic good, the hero which I think maybe chaotic good might be the most popular alignment, That's do you think? Popular. Yeah. It allows you freedom of action. Yeah. Everybody, most people, mm-hmm. want to be the good guy. Right. I yes. mean, they want to save the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Dean, My, we had this yeah. conversation last night over chat. Um, you know, Han Solo, at the beginning of A New Hope, was chaotic neutral. He just wanted to get paid. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. And his alignment changed... At the moment, he killed the TIE fighter off of Luke's X-Wing. You're all clear, kid. (laughs) Okay. He turned around. He went back to help. That's when he became chaotic good. Right. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. that everybody's cheering for him because you want to be the good guy. Right. Right. And it's fun to be chaotic. And we do have a small little list from that chat of, you know, literary and fictional and and movie people, characters that we kind of categorized and we'll get into that a little bit um, but to go along here lawful neutral the enforcer true neutral the unaligned chaotic neutral the free spirit yeah i i don't know about I, w- I would say the asshole <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then um lawful evil would be the tyrant neutral evil would be the malefactor and yeah and chaotic evil the lunatic i kind of think chaotic neutral is the lunatic yeah, chaotic neutral uh, yeah. is a problem alignment. Um, it's and it's only a problem because it's generally t- taken by players who just want to be a jerk. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Kinda. So, do we want to go over some of those uh, characters in literary and movie? Sure. Thing? Why don't you throw them out, and okay. Greg and I will say what we think their alignments are. And then you, you know, okay. I'm going to start with um, some easy ones. Okay. Okay. Gandalf. Okay. Hmm. You know, I'm almost wanting to say that he's chaotic good. He's good, definitely. Definitely good. Well, um, you know, again, I'm not no expert on Tolkien, but I don't know if he's chaotic. He's he's he might be neutral good, possibly lawful good, depending on how that that Maya thing. Yeah, falls I I'm falling on the lawful good side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm falling on the lawful good. Yeah, I can buy that. Okay, Conan. Again, I am not a Conan, expert. and I don't mean Conan now, O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. So, so now the first decision is he neutral or is he good on that dimension? Generally, he plays the hero, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so you have to put him on the good. There could be an argument that he just happens to sort of stray towards the good more than anything. But yeah. you know, he was a thief. That's mm-hmm. you know stealing from other people, but he tends to steal from bad guys. So it's stealing from bad guys. So I'll put him on good. But he's a barbarian. I uh, yeah, he's got a lot of neutrality. But and... he became a king, which is a very lawful 
order. So I right. would put him as neutral good because he sort of straddled. I assume he came from chaotic yeah. origins, but he ended up as a lawful. I think he had a, a shift in alignment, so to speak. Uh, here's a real easy one. Aragorn. Uh, yeah, he's definitely lawful good. Lawful, lawful good. good. Okay. Yeah. Um, Elric. Yeah, I don't yeah, think he, I ever. He is an agent of chaos on, has, on I a mean, certain it, level. Yeah, I mean, he's he's worships the Lord of Chaos, and he might actually be chaotic neutral. I was thinking the same thing. Because he doesn't give a yeah. crap. He well, does not. not really. He, I don't think he, he really wanted to be king. And uh, that's the way to and, play a chaotic neutral. Yeah. Not chaotic insane. But I don't care about law and evil. I'm yeah. just looking to make my way through the world and meet my goals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the selfish character. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman? You know, he... Because with the law thing, that's that's tricky with Batman because... Oh, he skirts the law yeah. in a big time. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would want to say he was chaotic good. Is he chaotic or is he neutral? I'm See, thinking neutral. I'm thinking I, neutral I, yeah. and good because he tends to... Right. He beats up out. bad guys, but he it takes the law into his own hands and molds it and but here's breaks the thing. it and everything else. Being lawful doesn't necessarily feel it following the laws of mankind as they're set down. Yeah. You can also be following your personal code. Yeah, I mean, you know, no guns, no killing. In, yeah, I and, mean, and, of course, we're also talking about... Devils are lawful, and, like, their laws are like, you can only yeah. eat devils smaller than you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Well, and then you want to get into, are we talking about current Batman? Are we talking about movie Batman? Are we talking yeah, about old-school Batman? Oh, just just, yeah. just Diff- Batman. Different yeah. podcast. <laughs> pre, pre or post-Frank Miller Batman. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Max, uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Yes. True neutral. See, I think he started off lawful good because he was a law officer. Yeah, he was a law officer. Well, okay, uh, yeah, I was going to say th- that would have been a good, when are you talking about Max? Are you talking about okay, him right. in Mad Max? Are you talking about him in the middle of, at the beginning of Road Warrior, at the end of Road Warrior? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd have to put him in neutral good. I would. Yeah. He might yeah. be chaotic good even. Um, but that's a big stray from. Yeah, I would say more neutral, true neutral with tendencies towards good. Yeah, and there are some people who actually break. Like, you know, you have your, your cardinal directions. You have north and east, and then you have yeah. northeast, and then you have north-northeast. Yeah. There's some people who have done that with alignment. So, yeah. you know... Uh, neutral, neutral, evil. Neutral with good <laughs> tendencies. You and know? with him, yeah. when you say Not his neutral name... good, but halfway there. When do you think of him? When somebody says, Bad Max... Yeah. What exactly. part of what movie? See, and, and okay. I mean, there is go, only one Mad Max movie. It's called The Road Warrior. Yeah, see, and I immediately the go to him at the beginning good, of Road but Warrior. But The Road Warrior. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. as Three a days fan, ago, I saw a tank of the could haul that. Yeah. Right? As as yeah. I as but a Rick huge fan of Mad that. Max as I am, I I see the progression of his alignment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's called a character arc, and that's a good thing. Yep. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Ooh. Um. Ooh. Gosh, we just watched that last week too. Um, which is not a Christmas movie, by the way. It, it was released in July. Totally a Christmas movie. It takes movie. place during Christmas, yeah. but if you look it up, it was actually—I had an argument with somebody at work about that. But, <laughs> okay. What do you think? Um, he's in it for the money. He's in it for his own, uh, you know, purposes. He's— He's not afraid to kill people. Um, you know, he isn't—I don't think I have he's my answer. Tr- I'm waiting on Greg. Unless you want me to go first. Gosh, I, I almost want to make him like lawful neutral. No, <laughs> neutral evil. You think he's evil? I don't know that. I, yeah, I mean, he's evil? like he's, he's gonna blow up a building. He's, evil. Okay. he's, he's not afraid uh, okay. to kill people. Yeah, yeah. He's and he doesn't a, care about yeah. law or chaos. He's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I like to cause trouble. Um, <laughs> how about Saruman? Oh, that's a little trickier. 
Well, one of them is is he evil is lawful is he evil selfish? and one's chaotic evil. So Saruman would be the chaotic. No, no, no. no. Sauron yeah. would be chaotic. Cha- Sauron's chaotic evil. Saruman lawfully. Lawfully, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, Greg, this one is specifically for you. Vader. Vader. Ooh, uh, are we and are we talking and again? Okay, <laughs> so not talking a New Hope Vader. We're talking yeah. New Hope Vader. New okay, Hope. thank you. New Hope Vader. He, um, um, you know, I almost go lawful evil on. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, you have to. Um, I, was I mean, he's, he's, have an order the, to them. The, the Empire is all about restoring order to the galaxy, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, Eric uh, threw these in as true neutral guys, and I would agree with these. Although I, the first one's kind of a I don't know why you call it, but Boba Fett neutral. He did nothing. No, but I mean he would take whatever contract you gave. Him. Yeah, I guess that's sure true. doesn't care. In who terms it is. of his job, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's fair. I buy that. The Borg, absolutely, yeah. they are absolutely true, yeah, true neutral. neutral. There is right. no intent there, and an awesome. Uh, thank you for putting this out. The faceless man assassin from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, Jaquan yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, gosh, I wish I knew how to pronounce his name. But yeah, definitely yeah. true neutral. Yeah. Just you hire true him. Neutral. He does the job. Yep. Doesn't care. So where do you think you are on the alignment spectrum? Oh, uh, you know, I'm probably a neutral good. I mean, humans in general tend to be lost. So I'm not like going crazy. But if I could drive. You're neutral good, good so, so with lawful me, tendencies. Let me tell you, I used to have a race car, little sport compact. Uh, 300 horsepower at the wheels with a two-liter turbocharged engine. That's that's pretty pretty good. And I realized that I could. There was a long on-ramp. I lived in Massachusetts. It was like almost a mile long, and it was uphill. And I realized that if I merged at 100 miles an hour, I didn't have to look behind me. You just have to look in front of you when you're merging at 100 miles an hour because nobody's coming up from your rear when you're going 100. So that was my go-to strategy, right? <laughs> Until somebody was right there in front of him. So I don't have a lot of respect for the law. If I could drive 100 miles an hour or 120 all the time, I would, right? So I don't because I don't want to get tickets and have my license taken away. But you realize the reason behind a speed limit is not to keep you from going too fast or whatever. It's accidents are caused by people going at different rates of speed. Accidents are caused by people acting unpredictably. At different rates of speed. Yeah. Yeah, and if, and you, know if you are going if at a much greater rate of speed than right another car, then you have less time to react. going 45 miles an hour, I can go whatever speed I want in the left lane. As long as you don't move over into my lane. Well, I was going to say, until, yeah, yeah. until somebody moves okay, over so, into so, that lane going that's 55. A, that's a whole other thing. So, so generally, <laughs> I think we're all lawful in that we live in human society yes. and we're a society of laws. Mm-hmm. But within that, if we had then categorize that, I think I'm more towards the neutral. I, yeah. I don't like police officers a lot. I think in America they have too much power right now. And I have that definite individualistic streak in me that makes me a little more chaotic than Before some. Before you go there, yeah. you don't dislike police officers. No, and there's some policemen that, like, individually, policemen are fine human beings, and I appreciate the work they do. Just to make it— But yeah. as a group, I think that there's, there's some stuff going on, you know. So I would have to say, as much as I would like to pick the whole chaotic good, I know I'm not— if I was a and d character, I'm almost positive I would probably be a paladin. And I think I'm pretty much lawful good with neutral tendencies. tendencies. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Greg? 
Greg's know. chaotic neutral. <laughs> I think I'm chaotic neutral. Greg. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm chaotic good. I, I, I basically try to do the right thing and most of the time. I yeah, don't know. You might be neutral good with chaotic, chaotic. tendencies. I, I, I would say that is totally fair. Yeah, I'm the, my, that's my north by northwest there. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think yeah. what I know of you is you're the type of guy that would, you know, there are reasons rules are done this way. There, you know, there are laws. I'm a little ruley sometimes. Yeah. So, but not all the time. Yeah. He runs the spectrum from lawful yeah. to chaotic. Well, here's here's the you know the point of evidence in charge of or in favor of Greg being chaotic is we start this recording this podcast at seven a.m. Right? No, we don't. Well, <laughs> what time does Greg get here? They might be there at seven, but 720. I will be there when I want to That's be there. That's a chaotic <laughs> act. Just and Greg's late. I think lateness is a chaotic. He's chaotic like a trait. wizard. He I, arrives I was, exactly when he wants yeah. to. No. I was born late, and I just haven't caught up. <laughs> I'm going to check with your mother and make sure that's true. So That's so, the story. Okay. So here's my fi- sort of my wrap-up thought on alignment for 5th edition, because we sort of you know started talking about other stuff. I have, I've talked about my character Grimm, right? And Grimm's a fun character to play. He's sort of got this negative outlook on life. And I play him sometimes online, or even when I play at the table. Instead of having alignment or anything like that, I actually have this little blurb that I read at the beginning of the game. And I would love to see this become a thing for characters. And it's almost like those four traits that are characterized into a narrative form. So here's the blurb I read for Grimm. Grimm isn't just my name. It's my outlook on your short and violent life. I'm a mercenary spellcaster on forced leave from the Crimson Company. I've taken it upon myself to babysit the pampered nobles and ignorant farm boy adventurers while they seek a noble death. And by noble, I mean covered in blood and shit and crying for their mommies. (laughs) So, you know, when you sit down at a table with Grimm, I don't have to tell you his alignment. That's sort of... You pretty much know it. Yeah. I mean, that's his deal. Like, he just... He's a mercenary. He's there to help you, but he really don't give a crap. And I think that is the crux of a good player character. Yeah. Is let them figure it out. Let them play what they want to play. And the whole alignment thing can be kind of a way to, you know get a a little bit of a footing for what you want your character to be, but don't let it restrict you. Mm -hmm. Play that character the way you want to play it. Although, you should keep those characteristics in the back of your mind and force yourself out out of your comfort zone from a role-playing perspective. Good point. I don't generally play grim-type characters. I play the maximizer character. Mm -hmm. I want to, I'm going to do the most optimal action every combat round. Grim doesn't always do that. Right, Grim. Yeah, I see you're bleeding there, but you know what? I really want to hit something with my flaming sword this round. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. so so alignment can be handy to keep, you know, to force you as a player to act a certain way. But I don't think it's required anymore, and I think we've essentially gotten away from it, except for memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't know if we wanted to go here or not, but uh, Adventures League. I think that alignment uh well I think role playing role playing in general in adventures league is minimized and therefore the need, the necessity for alignment is somewhat minimized because I don't know I haven't played as much adventures league as you guys but every time I have played it has been so goal driven 
Yeah. So well, part of the problem is you have four hours to get through an adventure. Yeah, and that's and that's yeah, that's a big part of the problem is it's it's all you're you're walking through it. No side trips, no stopping, no doing anything. You don't have any A time or B, you don't know who these people are and you haven't spent any time with their characters. And so no offense to AL players. Yeah. You hit on the reason why I don't play it anymore. Well, oh, the lack of role playing? Yes. Yeah. Um I mean I play because I like to play D D. And I like to play role-playing games, and it's fun. And I, but every time I have played, I have attempted to inject character into what we're doing, and it's not always worked out. Where I've been seen as a disruptive element. Yeah. I, I, if nothing else, I am a disruptive element. May I? Maybe I am chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of a that's a role-play aspect yeah. versus alignment. It but, touches upon it, but yeah, I agree. I, I, th- think. I th- but I know I think that alignment is a in theory a key element to your character and how your character is supposed to behave yeah i just think that as a game mechanic it's been shoved to the back because in our when we brought this up before everybody can do everything they want all the time now that's you know Paladins don't have to be good, lawful good yes. anymore. Fifth edition is everything to everybody. Fifth edition yeah. is everything to everybody. Don't have to be neutral, which yeah. I don't like. I like and, the neutral. Yeah. Everybody can do everything, and anybody can be any alignment uh, whenever they want, maybe. More but often than not. I can't remember the last time somebody got called on that. It's, it's purpose. I mean, I, it's good as a conceptual framework, which is, yeah. the thi- I think, why it's so popular as a meme, because that conceptual framework resonates yeah. and that's, with everybody. Yeah, just right, right because we want to be able to categorize certain things yeah. and certain people, and it's easy with an alignment. And there is still good and evil, especially in fantasy worlds, which leads us to our next um, public service announcement, I believe. Yes. Um, for those of you who know, uh, there are many bad things happening in the world, and well... Specifically in the world of Greyhawk. I yes, mean, yeah. and there is an organization here to help. For about five copper pieces, you can buy a mug of ale or mead. In Pomarge, for five copper a day, you can feed an orphan goblin child like Jazak a single old boot. For about five copper, you can also buy a hot trencher of stew. In Dreadwood, for five copper a day, you can help a cobalt pup like Krilma get a lice-ridden blanket he needs to survive the cold night in the forest. For about five copper, you can buy a pack of pitons or a hammer. In Central Valuna, for five copper a day, you can help an orc child like Mikla who received a healing salve to stop the spread of cobalt crud. Since CY 591, the Obad High Urchins Fund has helped orphans of many monstrosities and their communities with thrown out food, indifferent medical care, used and unfashionable clothing, a chance to go underground or whatever is needed to most push these little buggers to the darkest recesses of the civilized world. Today, so many abandoned and orphaned monstrous offspring around Greyhawk still need your crap. And through Obad High Urchins Fund, you can reach out to one of them by sharing, well, just a little bit of your pocket change or unwanted loot. It takes so little for you to become a special friend to a monstrous orphan in a developing country. The good that your junk can do is worth more than you can imagine or even care about. Why don't you cast a sending spell right now to our operators to learn more about OUF? 
As a sponsor, you can exchange cave paintings or runic letters with your sponsored orphan. Every letter you send them will show them just how good you have it since wiping out their tribe or village. And every letter you get back will show the growth and progress you've helped make possible to keep them where they belong. You will also receive Monstrous World magazine, which explains why your help is needed so urgently to keep these types on the edge of extinction. Sponsorship is just 21 gold a month. That breaks down to five coppers a day. So why don't you call now? There's truly no obligation, and we'll send you all the information you need so you can make your decision. Please message now. With a little of your spare crap and junk, you can start to change the life of a monstrous orphan to one of weakness and destitution forever. Oh my gosh, I think I want to donate some money to the Obed High Children's yeah, Fund. I'm sending my gold pieces. Put yeah. them little bellies oh, right where on. they belong. Yeah, you know, it, uh, it, it's a good cause. I guess. Good in the alignment sense or good in the just good? I have to say, I have to say, when I was producing that and we were doing a little bit of the writing on that, I did feel a little bad. <laughs> I used to hate those Sally Fields. You know what? I can't watch those dog commercials. Oh, my God. Oh, with Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, I turn those off. I, I, don't, I don't watch, but family makes fun of me. I don't watch movies with animals in jeopardy. Homeward Bound, I can't watch that movie. It's very stressful. You know, because you don't want the dog to get no, hurt. No, there's yeah. poor animals like making their way across the country. The two dogs and the cat, or whatever. It is. I don't watch that. I don't like animals uh, in jeopardy. I don't mind people, whatever. Okay, but so how Eric, do you feel Eric, about goblins and kobolds? That, yeah, yeah. Well, kobolds, <laughs> I feel fine about. Um, I'm so glad you went kobold. Yeah, no, I I, I punched that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I just it's just the animals in jeopardy. Um. So anyway, getting back to <laughs> Eric. So, wait, wait, wait. Eric may be neutral good with a side of sappy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, people take pets. You have then accepted responsibility. Yes. What kind of pet owner are you that you move and leave your animals behind? Oh, don't even get me going yeah. okay. with that stuff. Okay. Okay. Right. So we talked about alignment. I think we did a much deeper look than. Than anything I've seen online in terms of mm -hmm. alignment, we didn't so much touch about player. We we touched upon player agency and railroading. That might be a whole other podcast. Yeah, truthfully, so. by the time we yeah. we get there, and we touched upon role playing, which is another might be a good podcast to do in the future. But you know, I think I think we did a service and sort of outlying, especially that history of, of where alignment comes from, because you don't find that very often. No. Yeah, I was not aware that it had not always been the nine block. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... it's In the original, it was three. Yeah. Law, neutral, and chaos. That was yep. it. That was it. Back well, in those simple... Law, chaos, evil, yeah. good. Yeah, right. Neutral. Yeah. yeah. Back in the, the days of simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway... I, I think we've we've covered that as much as we want to today. We'll have another uh, podcast coming up. I believe we're going to do Rangers next. Mm -hmm. I mean, Greg will head that up. That's since a he, good. He's been that's playing a, a ranger class. for for three years. Now. And I have a surprise for a podcast coming up that even these two gentlemen don't know about. As uh -oh. soon as I get it solidified, and uh, then we'll let everybody else know. Okay. Well, we look forward to that. All right. Well, Greg, take us out. Yeah, if you want to uh, make comments about your alignment or tell us whether you think we are chaotic or good. Or totally off base. Or, well, that could be as well. Uh, hit us up on Facebook where we are the Grognards. Um, if 
uh, you want to tweet at us, we are at tgrognards. On Instagram, we are the underscore grognards. And if you want to send us an old school email, we are gamers at thegrognards.com. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to us this week. We are the Grognards. And for the Grognards, I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly, And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on.